worship tonight, and we are. And uh, I'm going to pick up what we were talking. We were talking about what our church, what what the church mission is, what we are. We are the church, and what our mission should be. And through the Holy Ghost, through His power and His might, we can accomplish the things He wants us to accomplish. Amen. Is everybody asleep? Is anyone asleep? You may have to nudge somebody. Take a songbook. They're songbooks. But they're, they're good for singing. They're good for slapping people. So you can just reach over and if I hear a thud, I'll know exactly what happened. I'll know exactly what happened. One of the things I was talking about uh, yes, or this morning was uh, the priority and the reason to be in the fellowship with the Assemblies of God and with TFT and for us as a church body as us, us as an individual church, what our purpose, what our priorities, what our reasonings were. And if you'll remember, I got down to my third one and I had to quit. And so we're just going to jump in on the fourth one right here. The fourth priority or reason for being in fellowship with the Assemblies of God and being part of our family. Here at TFT and you and I being the church is to be a people who demonstrate God's love and compassion for all the world. How many know you need to demonstrate God's love to the world? I've said it once. I've said it seemingly a thousand times. We're never going to beat Jesus into somebody. If that worked, we just go wrangle them up and just go to whipping on them. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. With that being said, I'm going to pray. Father. I thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it has lifted us up today. Lord, you showed us so much through your word today. I ask you, Lord, today, because your word is anointed, that you anoint me. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Let the seed of the word go down deep and find good ground, Lord, that it can grow inside of each and every one of us here tonight. I ask you, Lord, to touch and anoint me to say what you'd have me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. We need to be a people who demonstrate God's love and compassion for all the world. If you'd come over to the house today, I wasn't demonstrating much love for the Ravens. I will tell you this. My upbringing in Illinois has prepared me to move to Arkansas and live the last 31 years. Because in, in Illinois being raised, you was either, uh, I was right in the central, right around Peoria, Illinois. So you was either a Chicago fan or you was a St. Louis fan. And so I opted out of Chicago and uh, was a St. Louis fan. And back in the day, there was a baseball team, the Cardinals, and there was the football team, the Cardinals. Today at the house, my football Cardinals, which has since moved to Arizona, was not doing well. I was yelling things like, rip his arm off and hit him on the head with it, you know, and then prayed God will heal him up. And I, I don't know that God was actually hearing that prayer, but... Um, that's what I, was, I wasn't showing much love for that other team, and we lost. We lost, and so I, I sh- shut it off. I left the house, and I come down here praying and studying some more. And I thought, well, I'm going to check on that baseball game, see how it was. And I turned it on on my phone, and I seen the Cardinals were winning by one run, two outs, two strikes on the batter. We're one strike away from the win. He pitches it, and the batter hits a grand slam. 
And so now we're down three runs. I took my phone, and if it wasn't broke already, I probably would have threw it, but I didn't. No, I wouldn't have thrown it. But I shut it off. I was like, you know what? That is depressing. My football team lost. My baseball team lost. God, you're going to have to give me some love to preach tonight. This is bad. This is bad. But it prepared me, being a Cardinal fan, to come and live in Arkansas for the last 30-plus years because now I'm, I'm a perfect Razorback fan. I mean, disappointment, I'm used to it in my sports team. So coming and seeing the Razorbacks every week, I'm, I'm used to it. But there's not a, love, a lot of love shown is my point to all that, watching these sports going around. Psalms 112 and 9 said, He hath dispersed and hath given to the poor. His, righteous, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Galatians 2.10 says, Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to you to do. I'm sorry. Again, jumping down. I told you this morning's going to be a lot of word. There's a lot of word tonight. Galatians 6 and 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are in the household of faith. And then James 1 and 27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, what we're talking about here is being the people who demonstrate God's love and compassion for all the world. And when you start reading, we get instructions once again on how to do this. And we see right there from the scriptures, we, we need to be uh, visiting with the, uh, the fatherless and the widows. But it goes even much deeper than that. We exist expressly. I got this out of my AG history book. We exist expressly to give continuing emphasis to the reason for being the New Testament uh, apostolic, uh, apostolic, I can't even say it, apostolic. I'll get it said here in a minute. Thank you, son. You want to just come read the rest of this? I'll start again. We exist expressly to give continuing emphasis to the reason for being the New Testament apostolic pattern by teaching and encouraging believers to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right? The experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Last Sunday, if you was here, you've seen God's Spirit being poured out. And I've said it, said it again, said it this morning, I'll say it again. I think we had the eight uh, filled with the Holy Ghost last Sunday. We had four come to Christ and know him in the salvation. Then Wednesday night, we had another one baptized in the Holy Ghost. We had another one saved. And so God is still doing what he did in this book. Amen? The experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost enables us to evangelize and the power of the Spirit with accompanying supernatural signs. Supernatural signs. That's what I want to see. The supernatural. That's what I've been praying. And now I'm kind of getting some pushback from some of the people. <laughs> I've been praying for supernatural things, for the miraculous to happen, for miracles to happen. Biblical proportion miracles happening right here in our church. And ever since we started praying these prayers... We made the devil mad. Brother Kirk's family's experienced an accident in an automobile. We've experienced an accident in an automobile. Brother Hans experienced the ground from falling out of a tree. One thing after another has happened to different people in the church. Why? 
because we've made the devil mad. We've put him on alert. We're coming after what belongs to us. We're coming in the spirit. We're walking in the spirit. We want what God has for us, and he has great things, plans for us, and the devil can't stop it, and he knows it, so he's trying to discourage us. Sister Jacqueline this morning tried to discourage us through these things. Guess what? It's not discouraging me. It's not discouraging me. What Paul say about that, Taylor? What Paul say about that when, when things come and fiery trials come? Count it all. <laughs> He's quoting a bunch of scriptures over that. We, we should realize we know it. When, when we're doing what God wants us to do, it's going to make the devil mad. He's going to come after us. We, we should count it all as, you know, this is just part of it. This is part of it. When we go in the enemy's camp, we're, we may be afflicted with a few wounds. All of you know I used to love to box. After you got hit once in the face, your tears begin to flow. It wasn't because you sat about something. It's instinct from the body. You was afflicted with something. A punch to the nose will make the eyes cry. But after you got done with that first initial hit, you're, you teared up just a little bit. It was on, man. It was fun. You just went to beating on somebody. It was fun. I didn't hit like that. I, I hit more like this. But you're thinking, he didn't win one fight doing this. Look out. Here I come. But sometimes you have to endure some afflictions that's going to happen. Shelly, when she had a little accident this week, uh, she said, devil, you're not going to get me down. You're not going to get me down. She kept saying it over and over and over. That's the way we got to be, Brother Hans. I asked him tonight, I said, are you healing up? He said, not yet. You know what? By faith. We're walking by faith. God's going to do it. Experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost enables us to evangelize in the power and the spirit accompanying supernatural signs. You remember me this morning. I read this right here, Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. But listen what Mark said after that. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Not maybe, not might, they shall recover. I may not even see it tonight, may not have seen it this morning, but you know what? They shall recover. We laid hands on people, they shall recover, and I believe the word of God. The miraculous is what God's saying is going to happen. It's the signs that will follow the believers. And if you're a believer, if you're a born-again Christian, these signs need to be following behind us. This is what's happened when Drew walks out the door. Somebody was healed. Somebody was blessed. When Brother Scotty gets done preaching, somebody ought to be healed. Somebody ought to be blessed. These signs should be following. The casting out demons. These signs should follow the believers. The believers. How many believers do we have in the house tonight? How many believers? Amen, amen. So I'm going to be watching you and see if these signs are coming. We are, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be casting out devils, speaking in new tongues. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through us, by the way. That's not just going and learning Spanish. Uh, then it says something interesting right here. Take up serpents. Man, we, we got a basis to start our own religion right here. I think they do this in Virginia and Tennessee. It means to put away demon spirits. 
okay? It does not mean for us to go around looking for snakes to pick up. Does anyone in here like snakes? I'll ask that question. Oh, my word. God delivered them people over there. I like that. The only good snake is a dead snake. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I give you, give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and take all power of the enemy, and nothing shall, be, shall by any means hurt you. This is the domain of spiritual authority. It's not over spiritual beings. I'm going to tell you something else. It talks about there's a big word in there, if we drink deadly things. That doesn't mean go testing the Lord and let's mix some uh, Tide Pods with some bleach or something and t- try it. No. Mark 16 and 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. This, this is what I want to see at TFT. This is what's been burning in my heart. This is what I've been reading. Because you know what? He said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it then, then he'll do it again. He will do it again. And well, what's the problem then? Why are we not seeing these signs? He said these signs are going to follow the believers. i got to think I'm not lined up right. Well, Drew, that's kind of uncomfortable now. We're not lining ourselves up right. That's why we're not seeing. Is God a liar? I don't believe he has a shortage on power. I don't believe that he's decided it's not his will. I think it's up to us. I believe it's up to us. I want the supernatural to be the normal around here. I want to see miracles happen. I want to lay hands on the sick and they recover instantly in the name of Jesus. I want those kind of signs to follow us. I want to cast out demons and turn the tide on the enemy. I want the heavenly Shekinah glory to come down right here on earth, right here in our tabernacle. Let this tabernacle be the dwelling place. Let God's divine presence come to rest here. When you walk in here, you can already feel the power of the Holy Ghost Every time you walk into this sanctuary. And you know what? We are the church, and you should be that way too. Our shadows should be healing people. My shadow that looked like a Martian, I told you about this morning. It should have been healing that car, but I don't think it's healed yet. I'm just saying these signs will follow the believers. I want us to take back what the devil has stolen from us. Our children, our spouses, our family, our community, our nation, our houses, our vehicles, our health, our finances, our peace, our joy. Our shout, we need to take it back. I don't think you heard what I said. I want to take back what the devil's stolen from us, our children, our spouses, our family, our community, our nation, our houses, our vehicles, our health, our finances, our peace, our joy, and our shout. Hallelujah. We should be the happiest people around. We have the things to to be worshiping God over. We should be happy. Lord Jesus, we have the power and the authority to do just that. Revelation says that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Here's some shouting verses right here. Romans 8 and 31. I love Romans. I even like Roman soldiers. I love the book of Romans. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, 
Who can be against us? Hallelujah. That's, that's, a, that's a bold statement, right? That's like walking on a basketball court and saying, you can show up if you want, but you know what? You ain't got a chance. I'm going to score on you. I'm going to dunk on you. There's no way you even have a chance on this thing because if God be for me, who's going to be against me? He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not? With him also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. Who is it? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also make intercession for us. Amen. We... We had to have him there. I'm telling you, that verse right there, we had to have that intercession going on for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to set me, separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Awesome, awesome word. If you heard anything tonight, you need to hear that word right there. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to what the Bible says in Acts 4.29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. Hallelujah. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. We have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit? It's one and the same. Wherever it's going to say in the, in the Bible where it says Holy Spirit, we'll call it Holy Spirit. Where it says Holy Ghost, we'll call it Holy Ghost. When I was growing up, it was Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. This is exactly what would be happening if we had have the Holy Spirit present in our everyday life. In our everyday life. Hallelujah. I want the Holy Spirit to move that way. He wants to move in our services, but we need Him moving and controlling our everyday lives too. Not just in the church, but our everyday lives. Can you imagine if He's controlling everything in our everyday lives, then when we come together to worship on a Sunday or Wednesday, what kind of power is going to be poured out on them days when the saints come together? Already prepared. We've been walking with Jesus all week long. Hebrews 2 and 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers and miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Once again, we need the gifts of the Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need them in operation in our church, on, on a service by a service, every, every time, 
every time. It's not once in a while we need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost to come. We need it every service. And if you come in here expecting anything less, you're coming expecting the wrong thing. We need God to do something every service, looking for him to do it. We need the gifts of the Spirit moving. We need the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, increased faith, the gifts of healing, the gift of miracles, prophecies, the discernment of spirits. We seem to have a problem with that one. Diverse kinds of tongues and interpretations of tongues. It was the will of God then, and it's still the will of God now. I do want to hit this just real quick, because we do have a problem sometimes discerning a spirit. We let things in our house that God's not happy with. So, oh, Drew, you're getting serious with me. We're, we're serving a serious God. We're fighting a serious devil. We've got to get serious about our relationship. We're doing things that God doesn't approve of. We're going places God wouldn't approve of. The old saying, uh, what would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't do a lot of things we're doing. Jesus wouldn't be watching the shows that we're watching. We're entertaining ourselves with things that Jesus wouldn't be entertaining ourselves with, himself with. And this is what the Lord gave me when I was in the office this week. The fascination with astrology and horoscopes. It reflects people's desire for wisdom beyond their own and direction for the future. Here's something I found right here. Astrology is the ancient belief that a person's destiny can be found in the pattern of the stars and planets at the time of one's birth. The horoscope is the chart that attempts to describe that destiny. The Bible mentioned astrologers in the royal court at Babylon and their inability to tell or interpret royal dreams in Daniel 2, verse 10 and 11, and again in 4 and 7. Isaiah 47, 13, the prophet spoke of astrologers with mockery. Isaiah said, let your astrologers come forward, those uh, stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what is to come upon you. Astrology is offensive to God. You might as well say amen because this is the truth. And I'm fixing to prove it to you right here. Not that I had to I have a spirit I'm going to prove it. So many people are naive, thinking, oh, it's not that big a deal. God created the stars. He created these things. Why, why can't I look at this stuff? Astrology is offensive to God because it, it, uh, it attributes to planets and stars the power that belongs to God, to God alone. And because it tries to find the will of God by other means than God and what he has appointed. Throughout the Bible, God tells us that he will guide us. You can read it. Psalms 23, verse 1 and 2. Does anybody want to quote it for me? Psalms 23. Yeah. You can read it. Psalms 25 and 9, again in verse 12. Psalms 32 and verse 8. Luke 1 and 79. John 7 and 17. A Christian has no need of astrology with its futile hints because believers can turn instead to the guidance of God's word. God's word is what needs to lead us and guide us, not some astrology, some horoscope, or some palm reader down the road. They need to go out of business. Plain and simple, they need to go out of business. 
If you're making life decisions, getting advice, counsel, or just in general, depending on the fortune cookie to tell your life and guide your life, we need to talk after church. It's not Chinese prophecy, by the way. First Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. I could read that in another translation. It would say, stay away from all sorts of evil. Another translation says like this, abstain from all appearance of evil. Over and over and over. It's pretty plain. Stay away from it. The appearance of it. We don't have to get headlong in it and figure out, this is evil. I don't need to be. It's the appearance of evil. Here's what I told the students. Students, when I was a student pastor back there, here's what I tell you right here. Now that we know the truth, we're responsible. We're responsible to God. There's no ignorance here. Now you know the truth to stay away from all appearances of evil. James 4 and 17 says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Thank you, Cardin. I've quoted that to him more than the other two combined, I think. Can I mention one other thing? Because of the technology and where we're at in today's society, your Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all, all these different things, especially Facebook, make sure you're looking at what you're reposting. I see things on Facebook, and I thought, I've never heard them talk like that, but they're posting something with some ugly words in there. They're posting some things on, about astrology on there. They're posting some things. On, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. It hurts our witness. Let's protect our witness. Let people know that we're, we're Christians. We're godlike. We're, we are his chosen generation. We're, we're not going to be part of that. The second thing that experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost will do, it adds in this uh, necessary dimension to a worshipful, worshipful relationship with God. I'm not going to go down that road tonight. I'm going to try to get through. Brother Charles said, praise the Lord. He's tired of hearing me. I'm just picking on him. I'm just picking on you, Brother Charles. The third thing that the experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost would do is he enables us to respond to the full working of the Holy Spirit. An expression of the fruit and the gifts and ministries as in New Testament times for the edifying of the body of Christ and care for the poor and the needy of the world. Amen. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we will live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This walking in the Spirit refers to our lifestyle. It's what we're doing. Our everyday life. We talk Wednesday night about sanctification and how the, the Holy Spirit will sanctify us. He's going to do this in our life. 
not just when you come to church. Well, I'm going to look good at church. Nobody's going to know that I have a problem. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to cuss while I'm here at church. I'm, I'm not going to do anybody wrong while I'm here in church. It's got to go deeper than that. You can fool me all day long. My boys do it all the time. I fool my mom and dad all the time, too. We're not fooling God. He sees our heart. He knows the intent of our heart. This passage declares both life and holiness to be the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit operates salvation, and he operates sanctification, which we spoke about. Just quickly here, I want to, when we're moving in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, we'll have a vision for the hungry, the poor, the fatherless, the widows. I know right now we have members in this church that has a burden to feed people. There's people in this church right now that have a burden to clothe people, to help out in communities, help out with the elderly, go mow lawns, different things like that. We have people in the church, we have members in this church right now that want to see God have, help us to create a deliverance ministry, a recovery center. These are the workings of the Holy Ghost. We are to be doing these things. These signs are going to follow. Yeah, the miracles, the casting out the devil. But you know what? He also tells us that we need to be feeding the hungry. We need to be giving the drink. It's time that we put our work boots on and start letting God have his way through the Holy Spirit and through our church and minister in all these areas. Shelly, if you'll come back. Matthew 25 and 37 says this. Then the righteous shall answer him, saying, Lord, when did, you, uh, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? And the king shall answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. We have a calling. We have a work that we've got to be doing. My last three sermons is tied into the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wants to do a move in us, not just for us to come and celebrate and have a good time, and, and that's awesome, and, and to feel him, but there's a work to be done. There's a work that he's called us to do. This should be the forefront of our heart, God, I want to do your will and what that may, might look like. It wasn't for Brother McEwen to, to come up here, and I say Brother McEwen because he had the most success, built this sanctuary right here. It wasn't for him just to come up here and do this. Oh, okay, we're, we're done. Now we can relax in the air conditioning. There's work to be, be done. Yes, God wants the signs to follow. He wants the wonders to happen. But he wants us to work. He wants us to be living sacrifices. He wants us to do things. He wants us to feed the hungry. Take care of the fatherless, the, the orphans, the widows. We're called to do these. These things are just as much as anything else in this Bible. It's the word of God. It's the truth. This is what he's wanting us to do. Would you stand with me? What I want to do tonight is everyone that would come down to the altars. And I just want you to say these prayer, this prayer. Father, I want your will for my life.
to be done. I want to submit myself to you and your will. Whatever you have for me to do, that's what I want to do. I want the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct me. I want the, I want the Holy Spirit to sanctify me. Lead me to walk in the ways that God wants me to walk in. If you don't know Jesus, this is your night. You can come to know Jesus tonight. As I pray, I wish you'd find a place to pray at the altars. Jesus, I ask you, Lord, tonight, Lord, to minister to our hearts. God, your word is alive, it is true, and I thank you for it. I ask you, Lord, that everyone that heard these words tonight, Father, that it will minister to them. I ask you, Lord, that it will go down deep, Lord, and they will remember these words. God, if there's someone here tonight that doesn't know you, God, I ask right now that you move on their heart. You draw them by your spirit, Jesus. Lord, I'd love to pray with them tonight, Lord. Would you lead them? Lead them, Lord. Make them hungry for you. God, I thank you. I thank you. I ask you to bless these people tonight.